Hey guys, welcome inside the Lambo Speak podcast. We have a very special episode for you today. First, we wanted to wish everybody a happy 4th of July. You know, I hope we're recording on 4th of July, so I hope everybody has a good barbecue or, you know, sees some great fireworks, whatever you guys have planned today. I'm Bobby Winter. You could find me on Twitter at Bobby A. Winter. And uh, we don't have Nate today. Nate is on vacation. He's in Michigan with his family and uh, has terrible reception up there as well. So we have one of our own here in the Title Tribe. This is Joseph Clark. And Joseph, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and the type of work you've been doing and where we can find you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm happy to fill in for uh, my good friend, Nate. I hope you have Nate. I know you're going to be watching this and I hope you're enjoying uh, vacation with your family. Definitely well earned. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Joe J underscore Clark. And I am uh, one of Bobby's colleagues here at Toilets of Titles. And I host a uh, Wednesday night show. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Giants fan, but I am a totally great respect. I have so much respect for Packers history, Packers lore, the Packers team, and above all, the Packers fan base. So I'm very, very happy to be here talking uh, Packers. And I'm very knowledgeable about the Packers too. So uh, <laughs> they're actually one of my, uh, my favorite NFC teams. I've got no ill will against them, unlike you know some of the others in my division. Uh, but <laughs> I host a, a Wednesday night show. It starts around 8.15-ish Eastern Standard Time. It's called New York Giants Corner. And, uh, and I usually do the Sunday, nights, uh, Sunday night show, too, Sunday Night Live, uh, with Justin, George, and, and a few of the other guys, too. So I've been here for two years now, and everything's been going great. And uh, just uh, you know, get my hands involved more and more and, and really enjoying it, man. But happy Independence Day to everyone. Hope everyone has a great time you know, uh, with their families, um, parades, hot dog eating contests fireworks uh be, be careful with the fireworks don't go jtp on on yourself and everything just be you know just be a little careful oh yeah don't my dog up. was losing her mind last night uh we went out to the fireworks and i as soon as i came home i was like oh we shouldn't have left the dog alone i came inside and it was like you know those scenes where like the dog sees somebody for the first time and it's like losing mm -hmm. its mind like that's what it was like when we walked in the door and yeah. I, I felt so bad <laughs> i know i think our dog melvin i shouldn't even mention the name because he's infamous for for interrupting my podcast and i, I gave him a treat <laughs> to hold him over for a little bit but uh he's like seven years old now so i think he's kind of used to it and like our fireworks show in our town is uh it's probably like a half mile down the road he definitely hears it yeah. uh but i think when we come back now i think he's okay he used to be more frazzled when he was younger but you know he's a veteran now he knows what's going on awesome man well i'm glad to have you on today why don't you tell them all of the announcements of stuff that we have going on absolutely let's get through this guys bells and whistles as i like to refer to them please hit that like and subscribe subscribe button give us that five star apple review all that really helps us out a lot. Where you can find our shows, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, Podbean, and Spotify. Our beautiful, wonderful website, ToiletsandTitles.com, has all of our videos, all of our articles. Uh, we originally started off as Fantasy Football Advice, which is you know still a big part of what we do. Uh, but we also cover NFL news. We have team-centric shows like the one you're watching right now. Uh, we have um, we do the NFL draft. I just want to say, like we have, if you're You'd be disappointed in yourself if you did not watch our draft content this past spring because we had boots on the ground at uh, Senior Bowl, at Combine, and even at the draft. And we were getting the picks actually before, like a minute before they were announced on stage. So we were actually announcing the picks like a minute before they were announced on stage. So it was really cool. So next year, make sure you're watching Toilets and Titles uh, during the draft. You won't be disappointed. Also, we partnered with the CFB, well, I should say, at the CFB Nation. 
Uh, they are the college football nation. They cover the college football content. As soon as those players graduate, as soon as they start entering the draft, Toilets to Titles takes them over over there. Uh, also, patreon.com slash Toilets to Titles. If you go there, you can learn how you can further support our, our program. And I just want to say thank you to our current Patreon supporters. We appreciate you appreciating us. And last but not least, Gilded. We have a chat in the Gilded app. We're up to like 150 people in there right now. You know, feel free, you know, please reach out to us to join. You, you know, you can hit me up, Bobby. You can go to adtoilstitles.com, any one of us, uh, and we'll get you in. We talk football all the time. If you have any questions in terms of like, especially when it comes to fantasy football, we've got plenty of well-seasoned, very knowledgeable fantasy football experts in our Gilded Chat who are always happy to give advice. You want to bounce ideas off of us. Come on in. You know, we appreciate you. Come on into Gilded. And we'd love to have you. We have a really good time. And then we also do a lot of mock drafts. I think George Reed hosts um, uh, like three mock drafts a week uh, right now uh, in the offseason. So, you know, you could always participate in those as well. And Bobby, those are the bells and whistles. Let's talk some Packers football, baby. Yeah, man, I can't wait to get into it. So obviously today, as you see in the title, we're talking about the, the Packers pass catchers. So I don't know if you knew this, but um, the Packers pass catchers are young and not just young, but like historically young. Yeah. There's only been two other examples of teams in the last like 30 plus years that have had young pass catchers like this. Um, there was a team in the early 90s and also the 0-16 Cleveland Browns. So yikes. But <laughs> you're not the Cleveland Browns. Nobody's we are not. Browns. Certainly not. No. And Cleveland Brown fans, no offense, but you know what we mean. For sure. So by pass catchers, I'm talking about wide receivers and tight ends. So right now, the, the Packers only have three pass catching wide receivers that have taken NFL snaps in the regular season, all three of which were drafted last year. So, yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking historically young. So there is obviously pros and cons to this. There's parts of the fan base that have been clamoring for them to sign a veteran wide receiver. There's also parts of the fan base that believe that you know, taking a veteran in could just be taking snaps away from these young receivers. So I really wanted to get into the pros and cons of, you know, the decisions that the team has made. And I mean, there is still time, you know, it's only July. Uh, they could potentially sign a veteran wide receiver, but I think the plan right now is for the team to grow together. They're, they're young, right? Jordan Love is, this is his fourth season going into the NFL, but it only his first season as a starter. So all these receivers he is going to grow with and that all these receivers have never had another quarterback other than, you know, in college. So the, the ability for them to grow together is good. Actually, Jordan Love was quoted. It's, it's easier with younger guys and they haven't been around other guys who will want it a certain way or to look like this. It's easier to get my point across and how I want things to run. It'll be great, which is a good point. You know, if you're going from quarterback to quarterback, quarterbacks like things a certain way. I mean, you could look to Aaron Rodgers and how he was with his receivers um, with the hand signals and, and you'd see him, you know, on a messed up play barking at his wide receivers because he likes things a certain way. Tom so Brady. By, yeah. Guy. So same by way. working together and all being on the same page from day one, they're going to be off to a good head start. What do you think? I, you know, I love all those points and I'm a big, I'm a huge fan of like, listen, I, I'm a Giants fan and I, we, my organization's had a lot of success, you know, in over the past 40 years, not the past 10 years, but the past 40 years. But 
I've always been not afraid of starting over. And, it, and it's different from an outside perspective. I see it being different from you guys too, from the Packers fans, because you want back you want back to back legendary quarterbacks. Right. And in my mind, it's not even Hall of Fame. It's like this separate wing within the Hall of Fame where you get like the best of the best. And you know, and that's the legendary wing, in my opinion. And you could put Favre and Rodgers, you know, Rodgers one day in there. Uh, they are like two of the very best quarterbacks of all time. So I get the uncertainty as a fan. Like you don't know what's going to happen with Jordan Love. But I'm a huge fan of like when you see things aren't working, teams getting older, you know, quarterback is, is I, I still think Rodgers has some time in him. But you've got a young quarterback in pocket. You're rebuilding. I like that. I like that kind of like, you know, just cutting the cord. We're going to rebuild. And and whatever happens, happens. And I think you guys have actually done a very – the Packers have done a very nice job of accumulating young talent uh, over the past uh, – you know, last dra- you know, draft in 2022 and here in 2023. And um, so these guys, need, they do need a time to, you know, to grow and shine. And I think you saw that you know, with the young receivers that you drafted last year, especially Watson. But I, but I think uh, Romeo Dubs um, also flashed as well. And but I think you know, I think uh, uh, Watson came in. And he was he was ahead. You know, I think he was more polished coming in anyway. But as you saw as the season went on, you know, he got better and better and better. <laughs> and it just takes time. You know, not every rookie is going to be like, you know, say like OBJ or whatever name, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Coming in, and but I mean, geez, I mean that was a pedigree. Like this guy, I'm not saying he had to be lights out game one, but you couldn't be shocked when he was lights out game one. You For know, sure. so. The normal timeline is you, you need time and some take some players take a little more time than others. And uh, but I, I think, you know, Watson, for the amount of time that, you know, he's a rookie, I thought he, he showed a lot of potential for you know future growth. And Absolutely. I think Dubs, and I think Dubs, too. And I and I thought you guys knocked it out of the park. I thought you did it really well for your draft class last year. And I was really impressed with your draft class this year. And I know you and I kind of like briefly, you know, I was giving you kudos earlier, you know, a few months ago, right after the draft. And I was really impressed. But I'm excited to talk about Jaden Reed. I think you guys mm-hmm. got a, a heck of a player there. Uh, underrated. A lot of people, I think, um, really didn't know this guy. And he's actually, he's actually, you're going to like him a lot. I think you've done a really good job in, in, in restocking this, you know, this, this offense. And it, it is probably the first time in a long time where you haven't had that proven top quality quarterback and you also haven't had that proven top quality wide receiver too you've had you know decades of just outstanding wide receivers and last year was the first year that i can recall where you didn't you know you didn't have one in a long time so it is like starting off from scratch i like i like jordan love and maybe i'm going on too long here but it's i like jordan love a lot i was uh surprised by it like anyone else a few years ago when they drafted him but I thought it was cool considering that Rodgers was like 33, 34 at the time. You believe in the quarterback. I liked him. He sat for a few years now, learned behind one of the best. And I'm like, for me, I'm all optimistic for your team. I really am. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you made a couple of really good points there. Uh, the first one being that the the draft capital, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, they are all young, but they have the Packers have invested a lot of draft capital into the pass catching unit over the last two years. Yeah. Um, so and I didn't this, even mention the young tight ends. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have two second round wide receivers. They have a second round tight end, two third round tight ends, and then Romeo Dobbs as the fourth round tight end, mm-hmm. or excuse me, as a fourth round wide receiver. And like you, like you pointed out, like 
Dobbs came into the league a more polished receiver than Watson. Watson obviously started to put it, put it together towards the end of the year, and he looks like he could be something really special. As a matter of fact, when I have my fantasy draft towards the end of August, he's definitely one of the players I'm going to be targeting because I think he's easily going to be wide receiver one on this team. Same here. Uh, and the other thing that you had mentioned, which I hadn't really thought about, was this whole starting over thing. So, like, even like you like you said, moving on from Favre to Rodgers, we had excellent quarterback play for 30 years, but they never actually really started over. And they kind of are this year because when mm -hmm. Rodgers took over for Favre, I mean, Rodgers had a bevy of talent of pass catchers. Uh, he had exactly. Donald Driver, who was a pro bowler. He had Greg Bravo. Jennings, who was a budding star. I mean, he had veteran receivers to throw to people who could, who he had confidence in and could rely on and, mm -hmm. and threw the ball to in practice for three years. Jordan Love doesn't have that, you know, uh, and for better or for worse, I guess we'll find out this year. Um, not having a veteran there could be a bad thing. Um, and how I mean that is like, when you need a bucket, right, on third down, right, somebody who you know can just move the chains, somebody that you know you can rely on, they don't know if they have that right now, you know? So, like, if it was third and four and they needed to move the chains, you knew it was going to Devontae Adams, right? For years, that's how it was. So they they really need to figure out kind of what they have in the players that they've drafted over the last two years. Um, even just signing somebody now as somebody who could do that, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's still out there. He's, uh, I guess, the betting favorite right now is um, New England. New England, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what everyone's saying. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. For sure. But yeah, or even just having the veteran presence in the wide receiver room, uh, somebody to show them like tips and tricks. You know, somebody who can show them their release package and hey, when you see this, you should be doing this. Although I guess that's what a wide receivers coach is there for, anyways. You know, like you shouldn't be signing a player to coach. You know what I mean? You should be signing a player for production, right? Yeah. The, so, the present the presence means so much because it is peer to peer. Not that a coach can't be a peer, but the, like the actual in game experience from a wide receiver's point of view, or you know, take any unit. Say say cornerback. You know, like it's the veteran presence doesn't doesn't mean a lot. And, and like I'm my me myself, like I said, I'm excited for your team because I believe. I like cutting the cord and just starting off with youth, youth movements myself. And I, you know, and I, I, me, myself, I'm, you know, I'm very excited about Jordan Love. I, I think he's going to be a good quarterback. Um, but no, I agree with you too. As excited as I am for like the young pass receivers on this team, pass catchers on this team, a veteran presence would be good. And it doesn't even have to be, um, and that is a con. Like I, I do think it doesn't even need to be someone, the talent of DeAndre Hopkins. Right. But still, someone who's been around the league, someone who has had you know, good success and a good locker room guy, like you know that that would be helpful. Yeah, another name I was thinking too would be like a Jarvis Landry. You know, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. have him run a slant on third down. You know, like that was like his specialty. It was what he was known for for years. <clears throat> but another advantage of having such a young pass catching unit is they're very inexpensive. Mm -hmm. So the plan, I think, is if they do grow together and they do work out. Well, now you don't have a lot of actual like cap space invested in your pass catchers, which allows you to build your team around that. You know, some of these guys will work out, hopefully. And if they do, they will get paid. But I mean, that will be years down the line. 
That'll be after they figure out what they have in Jordan Love. It'll be after they figure out what they have left with um, some of these veteran players that they're paying, like David Bakhtiari or Kenny Clark. You know, um, yeah. yeah. Right now, you're right. I love that point because right now you can. I think you've drafted talent, and it, we're going to see whether or not they shine out this year or next year for the pass catchers. But you like you, that's a great point that you can actually. You know, with some of the you know offensive linemen um, getting older, some of the other uh, players getting older around the you know different units of on both sides of the ball, you can use that money to you know the money that you have now for the next like two or three years, you know at least to to address those other positions of need, you know. But and I look at like the guys who drafted over the past few years, I'm like, man, you guys could actually you could legitimately. It's hard to get you know three draft picks you know, to work out all together. But potentially, you really do have uh, a number one in Watson. I I, I think you're going to have a, a good number two in, in Jaden Reed. I believe in that dude. And then, you know, Romeo, I think it wind up being a, a number three. And who knows, maybe he could be a number one as well. But I think you've got, like, those positions filled there, and they're young. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. But we haven't even touched on the tight ends, which – I remember it wasn't until after the draft that I realized you took, you know, two promising young tight ends and, um, you know, in, in Luke Musgrave and, and Tucker Kraft and, and I like, that's something else you should be excited to. These are two like excellent athletes, athletic tight ends. And, and, you know, I think, I think it bodes well, you know, for this young team that your young quarterback is going to have a bevy of young, young pass catchers. They're all going to grow together. Absolutely. I mean, we said in our previous episodes that this is the most athletic tight end room that the Packers have had in over a decade. So the tight end hasn't really been a featured um, pass catcher in the in the Packers offense since uh, probably 2011, 2012. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, I mean, the, the Robert Tunyon had a really good year in one of those um, Aaron Rodgers MVP seasons. And it once the injury happened, it seemed like um, he couldn't really replicate that. Now he's no longer on the team. So it's going to, it's going to really fall to these two rookie tight ends because I, I, I don't think um, they're going to be using uh, what's his name. A uh, Deguara, uh, Josiah Deguara as like a traditional tight end. He's been used mostly as like an H back slash fullback. Now that could change now with Mercedes Lewis and Robert Tanya not no longer on the team. But I, I think that they drafted these two tight ends high with a purpose, that they knew that they needed to evolve the offense, that this isn't going to be Aaron Rodgers' offense anymore. This is going to be this is going to look more like what Matt LaFleur wanted when he first got hired. You know, this is going to be the closest iteration to what Matt LaFleur wants to play. And if you look at like other teams that have that similar you know, Shanahan style offense, you know, like San Francisco, for instance, they have George Kittle. George Kittle is a featured player in that offense, you know, and he's highly productive. If they can get one of those two tight ends to sort of replicate that sort of production, um, it, it, it could really open up the offense, which leads me to another thing that I was thinking. Um, the inexperience could lead to ups and downs with this offense, but you have to take, you have to be patient with it. You know, um, Green Bay is obviously looking to win as many games as possible, right? They're not doing yeah. this to tank or to put the label of rebuild on there. I don't, I don't even like to say that they're rebuilding. I think they're transitioning, you know, cause they are retooling. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, when you are going from a Hall of Fame quarterback to a brand new starter, um, you are transitioning. Now, they, uh, I, I believe a team that's rebuilding does other things. Like they have a fire sale on their veterans and they start trading a lot of their veterans. And the Packers haven't done that. You know, they, they let a lot of contracts expire, which every team does. You know, a lot of players moved on to, you know, because for one, for, you know, one reason or another, but realistically, I think they're better positioned to compete next year because a lot of the players in the pass catching unit are going to be taking year two and year through, excuse me, year three leaps at the same time. So a lot of these guys, especially tight ends, tight end is a position that usually takes a long time to develop. So by giving them time to develop alongside these other pass catchers, I mean, this, this unit could look completely different next year with the same players. Yeah. The development, I, I, I agree. It's, you know, the development these guys this year and especially next year with the, the crop of guys you just drafted this year, you know, next year is going to be a big, you know, it's going to be a big year for them because listen, it's not easy transitioning to the, you know, to the NFL. I mean, maybe running back might be the only plug and play, you know, position, you know, to be honest with you, maybe kicker. I'm not sure, but sure. you know, uh, <laughs> on your every down weapons, like running back might be the only plug and play. So these guys have a lot to learn. So yeah, I like last year's draft, you know, draft class, those are uh, the pass catchers. I think they're going to, you know, this is going to be a big, you know, year for them and i i think at least one of those guys you can't count on everyone to succeed you know if you can get like one of those guys say watson dubs take your pick you know to take a nice jump this year you know you got to be happy with that and maybe both of them do um mm -hmm. and then this year i mean with the guys that you got with the players you drafted this year and i've got the list up here again anyway i'm just looking at you know you took um i'm just looking at the pass catchers you, you took musgrave in the second and you took craft in the third Mm -hmm. Those are early round picks. Uh, those are you know day you know day two picks, and those guys are taken for a reason. Those guys are going to be used. You know how effective how effective they will be, how quickly they will be, you know how quickly that will be, you know uh, remains to be seen. Uh, there is a process to this, you know, in terms of development. But those guys were were taken in the second and third round for a reason. Uh, they're going to be used, um, and so that totally you know like you mentioned earlier with what Lafleur wants to do. That's an you know, an easy indication of that he's going to be he intends on using incorporating tight end play you know into this offense and and I'd be excited about that because I know you guys haven't really had you know uh you know like an outstanding tight end in a long time and you know I think that I think that's going to change but the good thing too is that you know you have really good running backs yeah. uh, to rely upon and that that is a a, a young quarterback. I mean, any offense should want to be, you know, dual threat and have a running game that they can that they can count on at any point in the game. And, you know, but that is, in my opinion, probably probably a young quarterback's best friend is our is a really good running game where, you know, obviously you can you can hand it off. And you've got to accomplish. You've got to accomplish guys, you know, headlined by by Aaron Jones. Um, yeah, so that, that's a that's a good thing to have when you are you know, transitioning slash retooling. Yeah, absolutely. That was actually one of the other things I was going to mention was because they're so inexperienced, like a lot of teams are going to see this and they're probably going to play the Packers a certain way. You know, mm -hmm. uh, they're probably going to load the box because they yeah. know right now the strength of the offense is the run game. Uh, Aaron Jones uh, ages like a fine wine. He just seems to get better and better every single year. Um, 
And with this inexperience, and you saw it last year too with the the wide receivers that they drafted, uh, they needed to play. They needed to play right away. I mean, Mm -hmm. they had some injuries in the beginning of the year that they were relying on Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. And I mean, you saw that you saw the struggles, but with those struggles, it also comes with, um, you, you know, experience and, and learning to, and they almost had to develop faster, you know, which actually might not be a bad thing. You know, I mean, if you're relying on these guys to develop and if you're throwing them into the fire right away, they're going to learn, they're going to make their mistakes early and could develop faster. Now it, it could be a horror show in the beginning of the season. They could be loading the box and making a ton of mistakes and there could be a lot of ups and downs with the offense. But I think that the second half of the season, you're going to see a completely different Packers offense than you will in the first half of the season. And that totally makes a lot of sense. You know, because you're giving your chance. Um, you know what? Listen, and so I'm a Giants fan, and so I'm going to – easiest thing for me to – my correlation uh, and analogies is from the Giants fan perspective from my team. And last year, you know, we relied on our one superstar. And that was Saquon Barkley. And the, the first half of the year, and don't get me wrong, throughout the whole entire year, he was our best player. It's not like we're, it's not like we were stocked in superstar talent or anything. Uh, but by the second, you know, second half of the year, that had been finally figured out. Often defenses, I don't know what took him so long, started stacking the box more you know, against, you know, against our proven running back who was fully healthy, you know, and playing like a superstar. Um, he was partly injured too, but you know. When you start focusing on that on that number one player who stands out against everyone else, uh, you know, I don't again, I don't know what took defenses so long, but they were able to, you know, to stymie the Giants offense more. The Giants offense then transitioned to more more passing. And um, and that was the set that was the second half of the year. And that was also but you also had finally for our team, and I think it's similar to your situation where they weren't necessarily young guys, but these were guys that were finally were on the field together all the time and that was not household names but Darius Slayton, Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins who came over from Buffalo but he knew the Dable system. And they were rolling they're rolling out the same three guys. So my my point being is that you know these guys knew the offense by the middle of the season and the team was able to transition into more of a passing team and they are still limited anyway. Uh, but they were still able to they did become more effective and more efficient. And, and that takes time. You got to let the young guys, you know, get their experience. In that second half of the season, you know, things can just be can be so much can be so much different. Mm-hmm. And um, how about how about the offensive line, Bobby? I, that's one thing I'm, I'm unsure of in terms of what's going on with the Packers' offensive line right now. Like you mentioned, uh, Bakhtiari. Um, what what's going on? What's the state of the offensive line right now with the Packers? And what you know? How do you or the fan base? How do you guys see going into the season? You know, what are the hopes? realistic hopes that I'm unsure of, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I mean, I, I believe the, the offensive line is a strength of the offense. I mean, the, the Packers have always, at least over the last decade had a pretty consistent and solid offensive line, sometimes a top tier or elite offensive line. I, I believe that the Packers left side of the line is one of the best in football, if not the best in football with David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. So the Packers actually in the draft this year for the first time in, I forget, I think it's like 18 years or something like that, didn't draft an offensive lineman. It was kind of like a running joke that this this uh, this team 
for better or for worse, will always take one offensive lineman just to see if they could develop them or something. It's it's a good policy to follow. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, but if you look at their previous two drafts, they went pretty heavy into the offensive line. So uh, I was I was looking at an interview with Brian Gutekunst, and they they asked him. They're like, you know, this is the first time in you know however long that. He, the Packers didn't draft an offensive lineman. What was your rationale behind that? And he was like, well, if you look at the last two drafts, we did actually invest a lot into them and we want to give them a chance to grow, which makes a lot of sense. They've been drafting a lot of players. And obviously even from an outsider looking in, you see that the Packers do like to cross train their offensive linemen because when injuries happen, you never know. I mean, look at Elton Jenkins. He's literally played every single position on the offensive line the entire time he's been on the team. Those so guys having are players, weight and gold. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he needed to get paid. He's one of the best guards in the NFL. And if you need him to, he could play tackle in a pinch. I mean, he was a center in college. He's played center for us. He's remarkable. But yeah, I, I think the offensive line, especially the right-hand side of the offensive line, is still being ironed out. So Zach Tom, who they drafted last year, is kind of like the lead horse for right tackle right now, or if he isn't, he should be. Uh, he he played very well as a rookie last year, uh, which is very hard to do um, as, for, as an offensive lineman coming in. I mean, you're you're blocking teenagers and and young men. All of a sudden, you're you're blocking grown men and future hall. Did he play, I forgot. Did he play? I'm sorry. Did he play tackle or guard? So he started at guard, but they they gave him a little bit of experience at tackle, and I think that's honestly his his home. Uh, the Packers don't have like a surefire right tackle right now. They have. A, a lot of players who they're looking to see where they're going to develop and where their best position may be. So uh, the right-hand side of the line, it may surprise some people, obviously the left-hand side, that's not, that's, uh, you can write that in ink, you know, it's going to be Bakhtiari and, and Jenkins on the left, but they've been experimenting around in OTAs right now. Um, having players like Sean Ryan take snaps at center. Um, and Zach Tom, like I said, filling in, uh, not filling in, but running with the ones at right tackle. So um, I think that those three positions, uh, right tackle, left tackle, and left guard, are probably set right now. It's really right guard and center um, that could could potentially change this year. But I think that they feel confident in the players that they've drafted over the last three years that they'll figure it out and that they'll have their starting five and hopefully will be their starting five throughout the, the regular season. Right. And, and like you said, I mean, like, you know, from an outsider's perspective, I do know that the Packers for a long time have had at least a very solid offensive line. Sure. You know, and, and like you said, if not, if not elite, elite, maybe I'll have an off season. Uh, they'll have like a, you know, somewhat of a downturn and it'll be like, you know, more than good enough, you know? Sure. Um, so, but it's funny, you know what? I didn't even realize that they didn't take an offensive lineman in this draft. Um, and it's not a criticism. The only, um, the only thing that was just uh, shocking about it to me was that they had so many picks for sure. Take an offensive lineman. But you know what I, I like, you know, in terms of, you said before, like the previous two, the previous two drafts, you know, they, they drafted quite a few offensive linemen and this past draft in 2023, it was, I don't think it was an outstanding offensive line draft class. I mm -hmm. thought it was pretty good. But yeah. I thought compared to the two previous ones where it sounds like the Packers drafted, they drafted to the strength of those. Those were two really good offensive line classes in 21 and 22. Really good. And I think 23 was good. I think this year's 23 was good. But if you're going to be loading up an offensive lineman, I think 21 and 22 and 22 
or to use for the years to do it. Um, so how about, all right, so let's talk about in detail. So I'm dying to pick your brain a little. We'll just get your perspective or, um, you know, and the fan base on uh, the key component here, the straw that will stir the drink. Uh, and I'm not putting pressure on him. Uh, he, he's been in the league, been sitting on the, you know, learning behind Aaron Rodgers for the past few years. Uh, but, you know, when you're actually taking the helm, that's different. I'm a believer in this guy. I like him a lot coming out of college. And, I, you know, I'm very, you know, very, you know, very intrigued by him. And I have actually good expectations. I don't know if that means what type of success that means for his first year at the helm or if it's going to be, you know, you know, going to take another year to really, you know, to, to really um, take charges like, you know, the, um, the leader of the team and, and becoming a successful quarterback. But, you know, the obvious name is Jordan Love. And yeah. I've only been reading and I haven't been reading up all that much, but what I've been coming across is just a lot of positivity on Jordan Love, you know, yeah. coming out of coming out of the camps. For sure. Yeah, actually, um, Nate and I did a whole episode on him last week. So if you guys haven't watched that, you should go back and listen. Um, so my opinion on Jordan Love. So Jordan Love, obviously, he's been on the team for three years. He's been learning behind one of the greatest to ever do it. Um, so my opinion is you can't really expect him to come out and be lights out. Although you also can't expect him to be terrible. You know, he has experience. He's been in the same system for three. This is his fourth year going in with the same offensive system, the same offensive head coach. And he, I mean, yes, he does have inexperienced pass catchers right now, but he also saw how Rogers prepared and saw how Rogers communicated with his pass catchers. So everything that's been coming out of camp right now has been talking about and praising his preparation and his attention to detail. And he's not a big rah-rah guy. And honestly, Aaron Rodgers wasn't either. You don't, I don't think you need to be with the quarterback position. You just need to have, because there's so much more to the position than obviously just being talented because I mean, there's been a ton of first round quarterbacks who have been drafted over the last 10 years that have had all the talent in the world, but just never put it all together. Yeah. You know, it's a very cerebral position, you know? So we don't really know what that's going to translate to into the NFL. We've only had a few snippets of what he's done in the NFL so far. He's played one and a half games. You know, he had the one game where Aaron Rodgers had COVID and, um, you know, they were a couple of points away from beating the chiefs in Arrowhead, which was crazy. And then, um, he filled in for the last like quarter and a half against the Eagles and honestly played very well. It was very impressive. Um, Darius Slay actually has a podcast and the episode after that game, he was singing Jordan Love's praises. He was like, he looked like A-Rod out there. Like he stepped in and honestly, there's times too, like you can see how he like, he changed his throwing motion and with his footwork and stuff, he actually kind of resembles Aaron Rodgers out there. And like, and that's not like a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if, you're, yeah. if you're sitting and studying behind somebody who like arguably is one of the greatest to ever do it, like, why would you not emulate it? Why would you not incorporate some of his stuff into your game? You know? So obviously as a Packers fan, I'm very excited. I'm 35 years old. I've had two starting quarterbacks my entire life. You know, I, yeah, I became a Packers yeah. fan um, wow. when I was like eight, nine years old. You My guys dad just don't know. Fan. You don't know what it's like. I know. I don't. So honestly, I'm I'm excited, uh, but I'm cautiously excited. 
you know, so it, obviously he was a first round pick for a reason. His sophomore year in college, he was exceptional. I mean, if, if he could have gone into the NFL draft after that season, he probably would have been a top 10 pick. It was that third season where he wasn't playing quite as well, where he lost a lot of starters and he admits, he admits that he, he tried to make too much happen on his own. So, you know, obviously he, he could have learned from that. We'll see. Um, and so really, yeah, like you said, he's going to be the stir for the drink. You know, he's the, the team is going to pl- play as well as he plays and yeah. the offensive pass catchers are going to come along as well as he can get them to come along. That situation of what how you just described his final season it was BYU right he came out of uh, BYU I think. Uh, Utah oh it was Utah okay I yeah. was close Kansas State and um, but it reminds me of I, I tell people like um, uh, when it comes to like Will Levis you know people were you know, he fell in the second round this year or even Sam Howell who I'm actually kind of high on no one no one else really is you know, he came out of UNC two seasons ago and I and I get it but I tell people both of those quarterbacks. Even even Sam Howell to more, you know, uh, um, even more than than Will Levis. That Sam Howell's final is second to is second to last year in college. He was an outstanding quarterback, and he may have been like the top quarterback coming like entering last college season. Uh, uh, his final college entering his final final college season, he may have been the top court like the top quarterback in that expected draft class. However, he lost like his two top wide receivers who were very productive. He lost uh, his two top running backs who were the best college NCAA um, running back tandem in, in football. And so his final year, he had to deal with, you know, unproven, other unproven players around him. Obviously, you know, his stock dropped quite a bit. To the, I think he was taken in, I think, the fifth round by Washington. Yeah. Yeah, and was. Will Levis. And Will Levis had kind of, you know, he, Will Levis has a lot of developing to do as well. But, you know, he was... I saw the same the way, same thing, same thing with him. That the way you described Love is that he, I think he was trying to make things happen. He lost some good talent the previous draft class, uh, and he was trying to make things happen. That probably trying to force it, and yeah. um, and so I get it. But that guy Jordan Love has a lot of talent, and like I said, when you guys drafted him, that was that was a shocker. It was a shocker. <laughs> yeah, but I but I got that. it. <laughs> I got it because. You know, Rodgers was getting to his mid-30s. You never know what's going to happen. You know, like maybe even if he wanted to play for a long time, like he's still playing, he could get to the point where he's going to drop off. So, you know, I was I, – I got it. I understood it. I was totally down with that. Um, and this guy, yeah, he's got a lot of talent. And I know I, – I, I didn't hear the Darius Slay uh, podcast, but I read about it. Yeah. And that meant – you know, definitely meant something to me because I don't think this guy was just being nice to a young quarterback. I think he was, you know, I yeah, think he was just, he was giving, no, exactly. He was just giving it his honest assessment. And, yeah. you know, it's like, Hey, rest of, you know, I, I have a feeling <laughs> Bobby, you're going to, you're, you're going to be safe for the next 15 years. I, I, I just, listen, maybe I shouldn't get like, yeah, listen, maybe I shouldn't, um, you know, um, uh, raise expectations too much. Or that's just my feeling. But like I said, I'm, I'm a big believer in the guy, uh, but you know, but only time will tell only time will tell, but, you know, like you said, like he, you know, he, he's past few seasons, he was learning behind one of the best of all time. And, um, you know, and everything I know about this kid, about this guy, a uh, young man, smart, high football IQ puts in the work and mm-hmm. to go along with the talent. Cause like you said, Bobby, I mean, the position is so cerebral and, and many of these positions are, but also, I mean, especially quarterback, my God, everything you have to process, you know, um, 
Yeah, I was going to say with the whole development thing. Uh, so obviously, um, when they traded for Favre, Favre sat his rookie season and then sat um, a couple of games until uh, the starting quarterback at the time got injured. So Favre sat. Then Rodgers sat for three years. Now Jordan Love has sat for three years. If Jordan Love comes in and plays exceptionally well and is the starting quarterback for this team for 15 years, you can guarantee that teams will start replicating what the Packers have been doing with their quarterbacks. Because how many times have you seen starting quarterbacks or excuse me, first round quarterbacks get thrown into the fire way too early before they're ready and the team doesn't develop them. And then all of a sudden they're considered a bust. I believe teams bust players more than players bust teams. So if, if Jordan Love comes in and he looks like a veteran right away, or if he comes in and just doesn't look lost and he looks mm -hmm. like he has commanded the offense and stuff, teams are going to have to recognize that the Packers way of developing their quarterbacks should be replicated, you know? Yeah. So obviously we'll see at the end of this year. And you know, the funny, I agree with everything you just said, Bobby, everything you just said. I never liked the idea, this idea, which became just like common knowledge or common sense, however you want to um, describe it where you know all this pressure on a young quarterback and an organization that you must win a Super Bowl or be in a Super Bowl or compete for a Super Bowl before this quarterback's contract rookie contract is up you know otherwise it's almost like it's worth nothing you know right. that you drafted this guy and I'm like that's ridiculous like if that's the point you know if that's real then you know what why even give a quarterback a second contract at all if he hasn't won a Super Bowl <laughs> Super Bowl yet just you know trade him Get a lot of draft picks and, and, and draft a new one and start over. I agree with you 100%. You really want to succeed? Listen, some quarterbacks can come in and, you know, they can you can throw them in the fire. You look at Joe Burrow. You know, rookie season, you know, was was not good, but it was, he was on a crappy team as well. But even, even if he was on a good team, what was he going to do? Take that? Was he really going to take the team, which he took in his second year to the Super Bowl? I think it was his second year. Yep. Uh, took, took him to the Super Bowl. Agree, but. He's more the exception than the rule. Like you could still even this rookie year, given like if you look at like the talent that was around him, that you know I still thought he played fine. You know, it's just that he was getting his, his ass kicked. You know, sure. with that really bad offensive line. But it, I agree with everything you said in terms of like a bad coaching destroys careers. It, it's you and, and a bad front office. Like when you're pushing, especially a quarterback too quickly when they're not ready. It's so cerebral. There's so much that goes into it. I don't have a problem at all in sitting a quarterback for an entire full year. You know, memo to Indianapolis Colts and Anthony Richardson: don't be don't be afraid to do that. Don't be I know don't be afraid to do that, or at least maybe wait until like the last four games of the season. You know, take him out for a test drive or something like that. Right. But you, this is you're kicking a quarterback in the first round, and I don't care if he sits with you know you got to sit him for a few years. That's fine. He's playing behind Aaron Rodgers for goodness' sake. But you got to sit him, give him the time, and when he's actually really ready. To go out there and you know and, and really start growing after you know being given the knowledge and the experience and learning from from you know the veteran quarterbacks, you know then then, then that's the time to throw them out there and you start you know you got to be out there to grow, but you got to set them up. You have to set them up with the right tools and um, you know to give them the maximize their chance to succeed. So I, I agree with you. Like I, I never agree with that outlook that you know you've got to start these quarterbacks right away. Hey, they may succeed. You may you you may break. You, yeah. you may you may be setting them up for for failure. So, of, but, uh, I feel and like they will be calling and they will be calling it the Packers way. Oh, they will be one hundred percent, hundred percent. They will be calling it the Packers way. Yeah, <laughs> they will.
For sure. So I was going to say with the whole like throwing these first round quarterbacks into the fire right away, a lot of the problems is these teams are bad, you know? So like, let's use the chiefs as an example. So they, they drafted Patrick Mahomes and sat Patrick Mahomes, like looking back, it's like, well, Patrick Mahomes is like one of the most talented, if not the most talented quarterback in the league right now. Why would you sit him? He was, he's incredible because Andy Reid, with all of his infinite knowledge knew that he wasn't ready. He was wildly talented, but wasn't ready, but they had Alex Smith. So they were still competitive, you know, but like you said, they took him out for a test drive. They had him play in that week 16 game where it didn't matter if they won or lost because they were still in the playoffs anyways. And they just kind of threw him out there to see what they had in them. Obviously they knew what they had in them. I shouldn't say it like that, but no, they wanted to give him some, some NFL experience before inevitably he would take over as the starter the following year. But a lot of the great quarterbacks in the league have sat for whatever, a year, two years, three years. A lot of them need time to develop because like I said earlier in the episode, it's not just a position of talent. There's so much more that goes into it. So getting thrown into the fire right away sometimes works. If you look at like a la Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning had a historically bad freshman year in the NFL. And put it together, but not every player does. And obviously the sheriff, he's one of the smartest quarterbacks to ever play the game. So he's different. You can't compare every quarterback to, to, to him. But if, I mean, if you're trying to replicate things like throwing them into the fire and hoping that they'll turn into him, uh, good luck. You know what I mean? You're (laughs) yeah. At the end of, at the end of the day. Yep. I agree. At the end of the day, like as a fan of, you know, of my own team, any fan of any team you want, your your first round quarterback, you want them to succeed, of course. And if it means that if it means they can go in there behind a, like an uber talented team, maybe everything around them, maybe maybe they parachute, maybe they parachuted into a team that's you know fully stocked offensive line, you know running game, uh, veteran wide receiver, you know, great. It, it doesn't. You're probably still not going to you look all that great yourself your, your rookie year, but really at the end of the day, if it takes a year or even two. And um, you guys had Aaron Rodgers anyway. Um, what does it matter? You know, like it's like you, you look at Aaron Rodgers now. Like, do you care? Does it matter that after all these years of incredible success that he had, that he sat for three years when, when he was sitting behind another incredible success at far? But who the hell cares? Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't matter. Care. At the end of the day, when this guy is getting you into the playoffs every single year, you're going to be like, thank God. You know, Packers way. Thank God we sat for three years. Of course. You know, that, that, that's what it took. Yeah. I mean, if you look back, uh, you know, I was pretty young back then, but the the when Rodgers was drafted in those three years afterwards, I mean, g- God bless the general manager at the time. Um, he took a lot of flack about that. Mm-hmm. Like when he traded Favre, when he decided it, to go wolf? with Rodgers and when they, when he drafted Rogers in the first place, like, you know, this time around, because we saw how it turned out with Rogers, like Gudekunst got some flack, but nowhere near what they got in 2005 and in 2008, but I'm going to, I'm going to bring it back. So obviously they didn't pick up Jordan loves fifth year option, but they did give him an extension, right? Mm-hmm. So they gave the Packers flexibility. So it gives them more than one year to see what, what they have in Jordan love, because obviously this is the final year of his rookie season. So by picking up the, by not picking up the fifth year option, by doing an extension instead, 
if Jordan Love comes out and falls on his face, well, now they don't have to pay that entire guaranteed fifth-year option. Plus, right. with, with what I was saying earlier about the pass catchers, with them all going into their year two and year three leap next year, that'll mm -hmm. also be the final year of Jordan Love's contract. So even if they don't iron out something out with Jordan Love this year, they still have all of next year to see how this plays out with this offensive pass catching unit to see if they do actually grow together. If love figures it out and shows that he could be a starting quarterback in the league for the next decade, or if they see, Hey, you know what? Love looks like he's putting it together, but these pass catchers, I think we need to get them a little bit more help. Well, guess yeah. what? Aaron Rodgers dead cap falls off next year. David Bakhtiari probably not going to be on the team next year. They're going to be in a, a lot better of a position next year to go with a veteran or to surround Jordan Love with more talent than they right. really were this year. Let's be real. The Aaron Rodgers trade <coughs> really prohibited the Packers from doing a lot in free agency. So next year it's is one really year. the year where we're going to see what we have in all of these players, the offensive pass catchers, as well as Jordan Love. Right. And it's one year. And you know what you guys have? You have enough talent. To, uh, it's one year. You have enough talent like to get through this year, see what happens. I don't think Jordan Love is going to be falling on his flat on his face at all. You know, I don't maybe think so not, Yeah, maybe he's not going to be playing, you know, elite level or like, you know, Pro Bowl level or anything like that. Jeez, you know, first year as a starter. Uh, but I think you're going to see as the season goes on, my, my suspicion is he's going to get better and better and better, especially by the end of the season. And they're going to be happy that they, they have that extension, you know. That they that they, I really like that was a really smart move. That was really I savvy. completely agree. That was really savvy. And um it's funny, who was that GM? I'm just curious, what was who was the GM that took the flack for Ted Thompson? Okay, I forgot his name. I was um because I actually did hear I was listening to a few weeks ago uh an interview, I think it was a few years old. It wasn't like yesterday, it wasn't like it was like a few years old, but um it was uh but it was an interview about because I I think it was it had Actually, I think it occurred right after the interview occurred, like right after Rogers was traded and he was interviewed about everything that went down. It was the same exact situation. Obviously, we all know, you know, back in what was it, 2007 or whatever, 2008, when, you know, Favre was traded and, and just all the heat they took for, you know, drafting Rogers, but also kind of like the heat they took at the time at, at pushing. It seemed like they were kind of like fan, the fan base was upset that. Barb again wanted to come back in 2008, I think it was, and they were finally like, "It's, it's, we're moving on, you know, we're moving yeah. on." Rogers, Aaron's been like, you know, in camp, and you know, they they already made the decision. He, he said, I and mean, we took a lot of heat from it, but you know, everything worked out, and I think that's how it's going to be. That's why I think it's going to be with Jordan Love too. But like I said, you got to get through this year. Like once you get through this year, like wow, that cap hit. That's that's you move on from that. That is, that's like. Talk about light at the end of the tunnel. That's really going to help you guys out a lot. But you guys are are well stocked. Or, you know, you're, you're stocked well. You know, for this transition, you really are. You are. And the division's getting tougher. It is like, well, Detroit is. You know, listen, I, I think that is a team that's. You know, I'm not a genius for saying this. It's that's a team that's really you know, that's that's built differently. This isn't our parents and our grandparents' uh, Detroit Lions team anymore. Like they seem like a really talented and well coached team. And they're and they're confident as well. And we'll see what happens with Justin Fields. I think he looked, you know, for for a guy that was kind of set up to fail with like very little talent around him, to be yeah. honest with you. You know, he took he took uh really nice steps last year. So but I think I think with Jordan Love, I think Jordan Love is in a much better position than the Justin Fields was ever in.
Yeah, I would agree. I, I, I've, obviously the Lions are the favorite to win the division right now. I, in, in one of our previous episodes, picked them to win the division. Although mm-hmm. I think that the Packers have the most talented roster in the division. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. that they have the most all pro and pro bowl players in the division. I think that, like I said, and this is another reason why I don't believe that they're rebuilding because there's, you're right. They're not, talent. they're not rebuilding. You're right. Yeah, There's plenty of talent on the shelves. You know, I mean, the big unknown right now is, is quarterback, you know, and, and the offensive pass catchers. I mean, they could come out and put it together. They could come out and stumble and put it together later in the season. They could not put it together at all, but guess what? If they don't put it together at all, they're going to have two first round picks next year and they can move up and draft another quarterback if they really need to. I doubt that they will because I believe in Jordan Love as well, but they put themselves in a position that whether it goes well or not, they're prepared. And that's what good teams do. And this is like, Mm -hmm. honestly, what few teams in the NFL are able to accomplish. Uh, I said it last episode that over the last 30 years, we went in as fans thinking that we could win the Super Bowl every single year. And what team could honestly say that other than the Brady years with the Patriots? No team can. They they ride the, the cycle of team building where they... They become uh, contenders, then they become win now teams. And then, you know, they end up doing like what the Packers did over the last couple of years of kicking the can down the road with the salary cap. Well, this year, that's all starting to come to head. You know, with how much money David Bakhtiari is due next year, there's just no way he's going to be on the team. You know, uh, with all these restructures and pushing the money down the thing to try to get one more chance at a thing. But even by doing that, they still have incredible talent on this team. And I believe, it, uh, in my opinion, it would not surprise me if this team were a wildcard team. It also yeah. wouldn't surprise me if they went 6-10. and 10. But It wouldn't surprise I mean? me either if they make a wildcard. I'm card. an optimist. <laughs> no, and I like that. And you should be. Packers fans, yep. this is, you're, you're hearing this from an outside, from an outside fan. Uh, you should be optimistic. You should be optimistic. This, your organization actually has been very well run for a very long time. And, uh, and I think they're making these right moves at the right time. And like, like Bobby said, you know, I kept saying like rebuild. That was just my default term that just spews from my mouth. I always knew this isn't actually a rebuild. This, you haven't gutted this team. Uh, we haven't even, we're talking about why we should, why you should be optimistic. You know, pros and cons of, of a young quarterback and young receiving core. We haven't even touched on the defense. You know, that's not what this episode's about. And mm-hmm. you guys have been, uh, you already have, you know, playmakers on defense. And I think you've been adding impressive young talent over there as well. So it's not like sure. this is, you know, it's not like you traded your veteran left tackle. You know, you still have your 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 running game that's really impressive. And sure. I've noticed uh, that uh, the for fantasy owners that Aaron Jones is is average average draft position in fantasy is in the third round. Uh, I was making the argument the other day on an episode that he should be going at least second. He should be going second round. So I think he's getting undervalued undervalued because of last year. And which I don't really think it was his fault or anything, but uh, I think you guys are in great position. And if I were you, I would be excited too. Um, listen, man, it's listen. Time will tell, but I really like the the way this team has been retooled. I like Me it a too. lot. Me too. All right, Bobby, we got to wrap it up because I've been drinking iced coffee for the past two hours. My bladder is ready to ready to go like a uh, fourth of july fireworks over here <laughs> well man i was i was very happy to have you on we'll have to have you on again to talk about the defense next time absolutely absolutely man i'm just i'm I'm excited for your team man and i just like i i want to point out too that i so appreciate i'm not just saying this because i say it, but i i think the packers are so cool the whole i love their legacy i love that they are they playing in green bay wisconsin which is not 
obviously it's, it's a small city, you know, it's not, I, I love that you've got, the team is like owned by, or at least partially owned by the fans, you know, buying shares. I, that's so cool. It's so yep. cool. I love that. The frozen tundra of Lambeau pool, Lambeau field. Like I love the whole lore and everything in the history. So uh, just don't beat my giants. The only thing I don't want you to do is you're not allowed to beat my giants, but if you can beat the Cowboys, the Eagles, I'll be rooting for you guys in Washington. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, it's been real. Everybody have a great, safe 4th of July, Independence Day. Enjoy it. And I think we're all pretty much going back to work tomorrow, except for Nate, who's on vacation. Uh, so I'm going to do the outro. I got to do, I think I found the right one. Okay, we're all set for the outro. Yeah. All right. Have a happy fourth, Everybody. man. Take care. Take care, Bobby. What's up, Title Tribe? We appreciate you watching the show. If you want to catch up on all of our college football content, make sure you subscribe to the CFB Nation by clicking their link below. Make sure you subscribe to the Toilets Titles Podcast Network by clicking our link below. And make sure to catch our other content by watching these videos to the side of me.